What's up, everybody? Welcome back to GMs for Hire. My name is Will Polson. Alongside with me today is Mr. RJ Strope from RJ's Pit Stop. And we are here to bring you the uh, the LDS preview, the divisional series preview for the MLB 2020 playoffs. Uh, after the wild card round, a wild card round like we have never seen before, uh, we had eight different matchups and everybody had a three game set. And so uh, after we've gone through that, the next round is set. The playoffs have quote-unquote, officially begun, and uh, we have that preview here for you today. We're going over and starting in the American League Divisional Series, uh, and actually, before I actually go into any of them, this is uh, this is interesting to me because this uh, uh, LDS has every single matchup is two division rivals. Uh, everybody is facing somebody from their division, which is really interesting to see how it all plays out, which... I don't know if that's the first time it's happened in history. Uh, I didn't fact check that, but I'm sure that hasn't happened often to where all four matchups in the LDS are all divisional round, uh, all divisional opponents. So on that note, we'll go over to the American League, starting with an an American League East matchup where the Tampa Bay Rays will be hosting the New York Yankees. Uh, After the first uh, wild card round, the Rays looked dominant. The Rays, uh, pretty much the pitching staff put away the Baltimore, uh, the not the Baltimore, the Toronto Blue Jays, and they pitched very well. Offense came alive in the second game, able to cap off with eight runs. Uh, and on the flip side, uh, the Yankees, their pitching staff did not look good, uh, allowing a lot of runs in both games. But ultimately, their offense was able to carry them, putting up 12 and I want to say nine runs in the second game. Uh, so a very much a heavy offense versus a heavy pitching staff. Uh, RJ, what's your first impression whenever you're looking at this series? Well, the the first thing I think is I wish this was the ALCS because I actually think these are the two best teams in the American League. I know the Oakland A's impressed a lot of people. I know they're the two seed, this and that. But I just think if you ask most people who are the two best teams in the American League, I think most people would say Rays and Yankees. Uh, You mentioned how it's a division matchup. That's going to be very interesting to watch. Every single one of these series, you know your opponent. There There is no way around it. There's no, oh, we haven't seen this pitcher, or oh, we didn't know how to pitch to this guy. No, 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 no. Y'all know each other real well. And the Rays and Yankees, sometimes that their uh, their games get pretty heated. Uh, so they are a legitimate rivalry. And the fact that they're going to be playing each other in the postseason, I think that's a great step in building that rivalry. Um, we all know the Red Sox and Yankees is a big rivalry, but without 2004, does it get to what it is now? Like 2004 really shot that rivalry up mainstream to where everybody was interested not just people on the east coast now with the Rays and Yankees I know a few weeks ago there was a brawl I think Chapman was thrown at someone's head mm-hmm. um I, I think if we see some more of that emotion and more of that controversy it could really move this rivalry up into the national spotlight especially with the Red Sox taking a step back but you did mention the Yankees bats have come alive Um, I really like that matchup of the Yankees hitting and the Rays pitching. It's going to be fun to watch it unfold. 
it's going to go five, I think, because that is going to be such a close matchup. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to to disagree. And as you mentioned, you know, the rivalry really sparking up this season with Aroldis Chapman, as you mentioned, throwing up high and inside to Michael Brousseau earlier in the season. Kevin Cash had some comments. Aaron Boone had some comments. Um, you know, both both locker rooms definitely do not like each other. And uh, as mentioned, with the Red Sox taking a step back, this becomes a very heated rivalry. I mean, these are the two top teams, arguably, in the American League. I mean, these are these are two teams that have – uh, the Yankees are obviously always an, always a uh, uh, how you say the a, a favorite in multiple uh, scenarios, and even with the Rays being uh, the uh, overall better team record wise, uh, they're considered the underdog here. The Yankees are still considered favorites to win the series. Uh, if the Yankees pitching staff can pitch well, I, I, I see why. Uh, I mean, but it also you don't know what Yankees team you're getting. The Yankees team has been very streaky throughout the season. They've been hot and cold right now. The bats are hot. And if those bats are hot, they're a very dangerous team because that those, those people, Luke Voigt, Glaber Torres, uh, Stanton judge LeMahieu. I mean, these are all names that can carry an offense and, uh, they just happen to all be on the same team. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't see where this game – I don't see where the series doesn't go five. I'll be utterly shocked if this doesn't go five. Uh, I think this is probably the most even match in between all four um, all four matchups between the ALDS and the NLDS. Um, I see five games, but ultimately at the end of the day, if I have to go with a team, I'm going to go with the Rays. Uh, I've always figured that good pitching beats good hitting. Uh, if you have the right movement, if you have the right pitches, uh, and you're just on that day, I mean, it's, you, you get shut down. It's just the ultimate ending of it. Um, no matter how good your bats are, if, if you're hitting your spots, if you're getting your movements on the pitches that you need, um, then, then you're going to shut down opponents. And so far Blake Snell and, and Tyler Glasnow have shown me a reason to believe that they pitch very well against Toronto. They've pitched very well throughout the season. Um, and, and that bullpen is very criminally underrated, uh, led by Nick Anderson. So uh, don't be shocked to see the Rays pull it out. Don't be shocked to see the Yankees pull it out. This is, uh, as podcasters trying to make an assumption, I mean, this is a very hard one to call. Um, we're not pros. We're not analysts. We're not anything such as that. But uh, if I had to pick a team, I'm going with the Rays. I know you said it's going to go five. Who's the team that you're going with, though? I am ultimately going to go with the Rays just because when it gets to a game five, um, I just think the Rays are going to have more depth with the pitching. And I do think they can get, get to the Yankees and not shut that lineup down because you mentioned the cast of characters they've got. No one's going to shut them down. Uh, but if you can just be good enough, and I think Tampa's pitching can be good enough in this series where they beat the Yankees in five. Fair enough. So both of us going with the Yankees or not going with the Rays in a five game set uh, overtaking the Yankees, though they are considered the favorite to win the series. But that brings us to the next American League uh, divisional series matchup. And this one has a little bit of heated rivalry to it, too. The Athletics hosting the Houston Astros. The last time we saw these two match up, uh, Ramon Laureano went full speed ahead towards the Astros dugout. Um, tried to take out a hitting coach or a bench coach, whatever whatever his title is, uh, tried to throw a couple punches on him, managed to whiff, uh, luckily, a couple of players in the, or a couple of 
the coaches and the organization for the Astros got uh, right in front of them and stopped that from happening. Unfortunate for the rest of us, but very good for the Astros. Um, and the Astros looked shockingly well um, in their first series against the Twins, held the Twins uh, a very, very heavy offensive lineup to two runs. Um, a, uh, one run in each game that, and we were talking about how pitching is going to play a big part. And, uh, we, we didn't believe in the Astros pitching staff in the first round and they showed out. I mean, they played, they played very well, um, able to hold it out while the A's are one of the only one of only two series in the wild card round to go three games, uh, after being stipend by a Lucas Giolito performance from the Chicago White Sox, they were able to come back and reverse sweep the Chicago White Sox and able to take the next two games by a score of five to three and then six to four um, capped off on the final game by a Sean Murphy home run. Uh, A very good performance from the A's to show resiliency and to make their way back. But whenever you look at this pitching staff for the A's and I'm going to, I hate to do this, but whenever you look into the pitching staff for the A's, they have Chris Bassett and Chris Bassett has been phenomenal this season. He has been absolutely disgusting. Um, but the thing is, he's going to have to go up against a number one. And that always, uh, you know, being Chris Bassett, uh, it's not fun to put your aces up against each other because after the ace of the A's, they don't have much. I mean, they went with Mike Fires in game three and he only managed to go an inning in two thirds. That's not okay. You can't have that in a, in a five game series. They got lucky in a three game series that their bullpen was able to hold it down and their offense was able to show up. They also, uh, for the White Sox, Crochet ended up getting hurt in the series, so they didn't have to see him, and he's been one of the more electric arms for the White Sox so far uh, in the bullpen since being called up. Uh, I hate to do it, but I'm going with the Astros in this. Uh, shocking, the, the six seed's going to carry all the way into the, uh, the American League uh, uh, Championship Series, but I don't see a world in which the bats are going to be shut down by this uh, athletics pitching staff. I don't think they have the firepower to do it. And I feel that unfortunately, as much as we want to try to demine the Houston Astros, I don't know if we can do it in this case. Um, I'd be shocked to see it go five. Honestly, I I'd honestly go Astros and four. Damn. Well, this <laughs> is going to be a boring episode. If we just keep agreeing on everything. Um, yeah. I, Again, I really like Houston in this one also, in four games also. Um, everything I said about the Rays and Yankees being a rivalry and being heated and this and that, yeah, copy and paste. Because you already mentioned how there was a huge brawl between the A's and the Astros earlier in the season where, yeah, the A's pitcher tried to fight the whole Astros team. I loved that. It was fun. Um, I, before the season even started, before we knew anything about, you know, Corona and this and that, I, uh, I was telling someone this Astros team could be really, really good for the MLB. And by that, I mean the MLB really doesn't have much controversy. Um, their ratings are just not standing up with the NFL and the NBA and those, you know, those leagues. But when you have a controversial team or player or just – you know, a feel good story for a city, whatever it happens to be, you know, the ratings end up being higher. I think this Astros team being probably the most hated team in baseball that I've seen in my life, this is good. The further they go, 
the more fan bases and the more regions you're going to have watching these games saying, man, I hope the Astros lose. Man, I hope the Astros lose. And if they just keep winning, it's great for baseball. And yeah, it would be nice if the cheaters got some punishment and didn't, you know, if they got eliminated and things like that. But ba- Major League Baseball has to be rooting for Houston to beat Oakland. The Oakland Athletics are not a box office team. I don't think any casual baseball fan is tuning in like, ooh, can't miss the A's game today. Can't do it. Can't miss that. Like, no one – you have to be a serious baseball fan to care about the Oakland Athletics. Like, that's just – that's the way it is. Also, let's not forget here, if the Houston Astros can beat Oakland, they're going to play either the Tampa Bay Rays, who they may or may not have known Tyler Glasnow's pitches last year in the playoffs, and there may or may not be some controversy behind that, or they're going to play against the New York Yankees. And if that series happens with a trip to the World Series on the line, get your popcorn and then buy extra because Yankees, Astros, and ALCS would be absolutely insane. I think Rays, Astros would be pretty good, and that's what I'm predicting. But if it's Yankees, Astros, wow, that's crazy. In my opinion, the MLB cannot have the Oakland A's win this series. I just, I I don't think anybody wants to see that. What I do want to see is those bright green jerseys with the little elephant on the sleeve. I love those jerseys, but I don't want to watch them in the ALCS. I just, I don't care about them at all. It's definitely true whenever you think about the Oakland Athletics. I think the casual fan doesn't exactly know why the Athletics are so good. And frankly, as a guy whose baseball is my favorite sport, I don't get why the athletics are so good. Um, they have they have a couple of decent names in their lineup. Sure, Ramon Laureano, Matt Olson, Matt Chapman, even though Matt Chapman's not there right now. Um, but I couldn't tell you a reason why their pitching staff can hold up. Uh, Sean Manaya's okay. Uh, Mike Fires is great for one no-hitter a year. But other than that, he's garbage. Um, Chris Bassett had an amazing year this year. I'll big props to him. And then Liam Hendricks out of the bullpen is, uh, is a stud, but other than that, like having, having a good bullpen arm one, and then having a one good starter, like it doesn't sound like a recipe for success, but for some reason it's working for him. And uh, yeah, I'm right there with you. I don't, I don't, I don't see in which a way where MLB is going to profit from the Oakland athletics moving on. Uh, it's not anywhere that I think, you know, I've lived in multiple, multiple states, and I don't think I've ever ran into a, a genuine Oakland Athletics fan. Um, <laughs> Houston Astros fans are starting to pop up. I mean, sure, it could be a bandwagon thing, but I've, I've, I know for a fact I've ran into an Astros fan, especially being a Cardinal fan because they used to be in our division. Um, so I, I've met my fair share of Astros fans. Again, never met a genuine o- Oakland Athletics fan. Uh, if you are one and you're watching this video, please feel free to comment in the video. Why? Uh, Cause if you're not from Oakland, I'll be shocked. Um, but yeah, like, I don't think this would be good for baseball. And as you mentioned, the, the Houston Astros have become like the, the evil empire of the MLB. Um, everybody thought originally it was the New York Yankees and people only hated the Yankees because they could pay their way through a victory. And now at least there's a reason to hate a team. Sure. That team has more money than you, but suck it up buttercup like that's just how it's just how things are 
Uh, Houston Astros deliberately cheated to get a victory and ultimately a World Series title. And so now they become they become the team everybody hates. They become the ultimate heel of the MLB. And it would be amazing just because people have to be tuning in and going, when is this team going to lose? Like, and, you know, and, and everybody, everybody wins when the Astros lose. And so, um, yeah, I, I, it would be nice to see the Astros move on just to make it to the championship series. Cause that's going to bring up some buzz for baseball. Um, I can already see the memes going on saying that they're cheating again. Um, yeah. but, we'll, but we'll be, uh, we'll be excited to see what happens. This is a series that I think has a lot of, um, not unfortunately i don't think this has much implication but uh if the astros can pull it off it becomes a very interesting alcs because as you mentioned those matchups are going to be great because we had the the rays and the astros last season in which the rays were a top team and you would think that the pitching staff of the rays was going to be able to hold them off but then they looked pretty incompetent i mean the offense for the astros was all over the place could that be because they're tipping pitches? Probably, but you know, we'll, we'll, we don't know. And then the the New York Yankees have a lineup that could clobber anybody. It doesn't matter. It does, they have the potential to go off for 15 runs a game. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what exactly happens in the American League. Going over to the National League, uh, going to start with your boys over there in red. Uh, the Atlanta Braves are going to be taking on uh, the Miami Marlins. I said that right. Um, and so uh, starting with the Atlanta Braves, man, we said that pitching was going to be the, 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 the kryptonite for the Atlanta Braves. And we were wrong uh, over. What was it? You went 13 innings in the first game and then nine innings in the second. So 22 innings of shutout baseball by the Braves pitching staff, something we didn't expect. Uh, I, I don't even know if, if RJ expected that kind of shutout pitching from his team, uh, obviously we were saying that this was a pitching, uh, a pitching versus hitting matchup similar to the Rays Yankees this, uh, this, uh, round, but man, th- that Braves pitching staff looked absolutely phenomenal. It took a one, nothing game into the 13th inning into the first one. And then I want to say you got, what was it? Five, nothing in the second game that you capped off against the Reds held the Reds, yeah. like, held the Reds to yeah. like two hits. Uh, yeah, they blew up in the eighth inning and started uh, scoring a bunch of runs. Cincinnati looked pitiful. Um, one of all four central teams that did not move on. Um, and speaking of pitiful, the Chicago Cubs are sad. Um, let me put in a little clip from the last episode in which I totally gave the Cubs way too much credit. I'll edit that in right here. Two names you need to know, Kyle Hendricks and you Darvish. And that's exactly who you're going to see. And that's exactly who's going to shut down that lineup. So uh, it, it's going to be a very low scoring affair for Miami. I'd, Honestly, I'd be bold enough to say that they're going to get shut out both games. Uh, so I'm a fucking idiot. Um, yeah, so I, I, you know, predicting that uh, Hendricks and Darvish were going to show up and just absolutely lock down the Miami Marlins uh, offense. Apparently, uh, I'm, I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, the Cubs were held to one run between both games. Uh, they put up, they lost five to one in the first game and then got blanked by the Marlins two nothing in the second game by a six to Sanchez starting performance. Uh, shout out to the Miami Marlins for absolutely crushing expectations. Um, but when you look at this series, uh, I, I think this is probably the least eye appealing series just because the Miami Marlins, uh, 
but apparently they have the ability to shock some uh, shock some people and turn some heads. So uh, being the Braves fan, what's your first impression on this series? Well, um, I'll be honest. I actually wanted the Cubs to beat the Marlins uh, because I thought that Braves Cubs would be a fun series to watch. Um, I like the star power on both teams, you know, Javi Baez, Anthony Rizzo, you got Ozzy Freeman and Acuna. It'd be fun, you know, go back and forth. But I'm not disappointed that we get the Miami Marlins. Let's not, you know, let's not kid ourselves here. Um, yeah, I don't understand what the deal is with Miami. Uh, they have never lost a playoff series in their franchise history. Hopefully this time next week they will be 7-1. and one. Uh, Hopefully Atlanta can, you know, take care of them. I would expect, I would, I would hope, and on paper, it would look like Atlanta wins 3-0. But, I mean, I'm not going to, you know, you never know. You never know. Miami could sneak a game out. I do think Atlanta will win the series. I think their bullpen is just too much. And then, yeah, if Freed can look like that, if Ian Anderson can look like that, um, this is, if that pitching can just kind of scrap and come together and do what they did against the Reds, they're going to be a tough out for anybody. And I just think it's October. The cream's going to rise to the top, and Miami doesn't have much cream on their roster. I do want to say, though, the Chicago Cubs, in my lifetime, 2016 Chicago Cubs are – and, and I've talked about this with a friend of mine. I don't want to, you know, act like it's just me that came up with this. They are the biggest, like, almost dynasty. Like, how did this team not win anything else? When they won in 2016, they were so good. They were so flashy. They were so young. They had so much money to spend, and they have not done anything anything here we are four years later and they're getting swept by the Miami Marlins in a wild card series what happened now we've seen you know some all some what ifs in sports um I mean the Houston Astros honestly 2017 they only got one ring out of this whole deal um and that could have been a dynasty um I hate to say the 2015 Panthers they had a very young core of stars and here we are five years later no one's even left on that team Hey, they're playing 500 um, ball. <laughs> yeah, don't. Yeah, yeah. Looks like the Trevor Lawrence ship has sailed, unfortunately. I don't, whatever. I don't understand it. But out of all of them, I think the 2016 Cubs have to be the most disappointing. This team was loaded, and they just have not done anything. And I, I really don't understand why. Um, I don't think their division is – wow like I don't think it's like it's gotten crazy good and they can't win the division like the Brewers are just I the Reds ain't there yet and the Cardinals are that annoying team that won't go away they're not great um so the Cubs really don't have any excuses here they just have failed and I don't know how you I don't know what moves you make to put this team back in the World Series but uh they they can't be happy with this no, and I, I don't. I don't think they can be because uh, being well, I'll be honest. I don't know how Cubs fans really feel about it because I got into a big back and forth with a guy on the uh, with a guy on the internet in an NL Central fan page, and he was just talking about, oh well, it doesn't matter. We still won the division. I'm like, yeah, but you got swept by a rebuilding team. So uh, any Cubs fans out there, if you're genuinely uh, happy 
that you guys won the division and then managed to get swept by a Marlins team and you don't see any problem in that, you're the problem. Uh, that the, the, to put it to put it as frank as I can, uh, definitely you are the problem. But uh, no, uh, which is actually kind of interesting that you brought up that the Cubs could have been the dynasty that never happened uh, or maybe even considered to be the dynasty that just never popped off because I've been saying that in a different sport about the Tampa Bay Lightning. I said that they could have very well been the best team to never win anything. Luckily this year, they were able to pull it out in the Stanley cup and in such a weird season. But uh, I, in, in all of our game by game recaps, I had mentioned that this could have been the dynasty that just never happened. Uh, The, the easily the best team in the league, the lightning had been, dominant multiple multiple years ever since 2015 they've been a playoff team they've been very well uh very well off and a very very young core that has signed up for a long time and they had gone five consecutive or four consecutive years uh, after a stanley cup appearance hadn't won anything and luckily this year they were able to pull it out but you know i never thought of the cubs that way the cubs were a very solid team and a lot of those pieces that were there are still there now and they still haven't done anything of it they're out here getting swept by the marlins in the wild card round so um yeah who knew who knew that addison russell was the glue that held that dynasty together isn't that disgusting that's great. wow <laughs> it, it wasn't it wasn't joe madden it, it was addison russell it was, it was, you know who, it was Dexter Fowler. That's who it was. That's right. <laughs> and that's why we're that an annoying team that won't go away because we're there. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it, it's an interesting idea to think about because they do have such a young core. They have all these players that are considered to be such great players, such as Chris Bryant, Javi Baez, uh, Anthony Rizzo, Wilson Contreras, even and company. Um, and then the standout with you Darvish, the way he's been pitching this season, uh, the way Kyle Hendricks has stepped up. Uh, you really have to think that this team would do much more, but, um, unfortunately for them, not for me, uh, they haven't. So we, we are in a world where the Miami Marlins are a rebuilding team. They have, have to probably about 95%, if not a hundred of their, uh, percent of their roster is making playoff debuts, uh, people who haven't even dreamt of the playoffs. I know Sandy Alcantara and Sixto Sanchez are both making their playoff debuts and they both pitched very well. Um, Similar to Max Fried and Ian Anderson, both making playoff debuts, both pitched very well. Um, If the pitching staff can hold up for the Miami Marlins, that's going to be nuts. Um, If, if they are true, if they, if what they did in the first round is who they are, then props to them. And I think it becomes a more interesting series, but ultimately I don't see how the Braves don't pull it out. Um, I think with the Miami Marlins moving on, I think that almost stamps the Braves into the NLCS, but we've been wrong about the Marlins before. So um, arguably from what they did, you can't count them out. They ended up, ended up sweeping a team that won their division when they were a second place team. So um, yeah, uh, ultimate shocker there, but I mean, I'm not going to be the bold take guy and go with the Miami Marlins. I'm not going to do it. Um, So yeah, I'm going Atlanta. Uh, Maybe Miami sneaks one out. I don't see it going past four, Um, but I wouldn't be shocked to see it happen in three either. So uh, I'm going with Atlanta and I'm sure you're, I think you said that you're doing the same. So yeah. All right. I'll go, I'll go with Atlanta. (laughs) So moving on to what I think, uh, is probably the most controversial series of the four. 
uh, in the National League West showdown between the San Diego Padres and the Los Angeles Dodgers. Now, whenever we talked about evil empires, the Los Angeles Dodgers are the evil empire of the National League. They are the team that's always at the top. Uh, they, I don't remember the last time they didn't have a top two record in the National League. Um, even taking the best record in Major League Baseball this year, uh, they have been absolutely phenomenal for quite some time. But this San Diego Padres team is America's team right now. Uh, unfortunately for my team, we had to face them in the first round. It couldn't have gone much worse, I don't think. Uh, to give you a quick recap, the Dodgers were able to sweep out the Brewers in two games. Uh, their offense was a little lackluster for facing the Brewers pitching staff, I thought. Um, but their pitching staff definitely held up. They only held the Brewers to two runs in two games, both coming in the first game. Um, but they were only able to put up, they won four to two in the first game and three, nothing in the second, um, against that Brewers pitching staff. I would have thought that the Dodgers, uh, with their star power, Max Muncie, uh, Bellinger, Betts, uh, Peterson, I would have thought they could have put up more runs. Um, but ultimately they did enough to get the job done. And then whenever you go to the San Diego Padres, I mean, Ooh, the lights looked out. The lights looked so out, and I was so excited. I can't say I wasn't. Um, I thought we were going to pull the upset of the of the series, but turns out it was the Marlins. Um, man, San Diego Padres, after getting beat in the first game 6-4, to four, and it was a very interesting game because the Cardinals were able to put up four runs in the first, and then they were ultimately able to hold on, even though the Padres scored one run in each of the first four innings. Uh, they just slowly knocked away at that lead, but ultimately the Cardinals were able to take game one. And then whenever you go look at game two, game two was probably the most entertaining game of the wild card round, I would argue. Uh, the Cardinals got out to an early 4 nothing lead. Again, the Padres start chipping back. And then Slam Diego woke up. Uh, in the sixth inning of the bottom of the sixth of game two, the Padres are able to put up four runs from a Tatis home run and a Machado home run back to back. Uh, then three runs in the seventh, two runs in the eighth to really cap it off for the Padres. And uh, I know my buddy Nolan Brown's a Padres fan. Uh, I know Matt was there for the first reaction. I know my dad was here for the first reaction. As soon as the bats woke up for the Padres, before a pitch was thrown in game three and before game two even ended, I said we were done. Uh, that's all it took. It took the bats getting hot and that's exactly what happened. Um, they were able to take game two, 11 to nine, and then ultimately blank the Cardinals in game three, four to nothing. And this is a team that was able to do that without their number one and number two starter. Uh, Denelson Lamette and Mike Clevenger both left off of the postseason roster, at least for the wild card series. It has yet to be told if they are going to be on the uh, divisional series roster. Uh, so far, I've heard that they are very optimistic about Mike Clevenger. I have not heard anything on Denelson Lamette. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. But you want to talk about pitching versus hitting. This is the matchup. Um, whenever it comes to Walker Bueller, Clayton Kershaw, the standout series, uh, the standout season that Dustin May had, uh, that pitching staff for LA is disgusting. Um, always one of the top in the league, especially if Kershaw can pitch like regular season Kershaw and not postseason Kershaw, that team's dangerous. And that's exactly what we saw in the first round of the playoffs. I want to say he struck out 13 and went like eight scoreless. He was disgusting. Um, 
but the Padres bats are never out of it. And we found that out. Uh, Fernando Tatis can hit a, has home run power at any time. Machado has home run power at any time. Will Myers, Eric Hosmer, Trent Grisham, even Jake Cronenworth. I mean, the, the team is so at uh, Tommy Pham. Uh, the team doesn't have a weak spot in their lineup from one to nine. Uh, even Mitch Moreland's going to be DHing. I'm assuming he'll be coming off of the bench. Austin Nola is a, a better hitter than people give him credit. Uh, this team in this series is very interesting to me. And I think I'm going to have the hot take in this one. Uh, I think I'm going with the San Diego Padres. If we can get Mike Clevenger or Denelson Lamette back, I don't have a reason to believe that the Dodgers are going to win it. Uh, they couldn't hit against that Brewers pitching staff. And that Brewers pitching staff has been subpar at best uh, this season. They had Corbin Burns, who did okay, Woodruff, who did okay, but nobody who really stood out other than Devin Williams, who was left off of the postseason roster. Uh, and then whenever you look at the Padres, their offense has never stopped. Uh, and again, they're America's team. They have proven that they are no quit at all times. Uh, when their backs were against the wall, their offense – exploded i mean they put up nine runs in the matter of the last three innings of the game whenever they were down the entire time and the lights were out in san diego uh they they could have had home field or they could have had uh they're having the american league uh divisional series hosted at san diego and to know that uh some other teams could be playing there but you wouldn't be in the playoffs would be kind of insulting and the padres said not us and they were able to beat down the cardinals at the end and as much as I am impressed by the Dodgers pitching staff, I have to go with the San Diego Padres. Um, I think it goes five. I, I don't think it'll, I don't think it's a, it's a one way team series. Uh, I think this is going to be very close. It's going to come down to the wire and I wouldn't be shocked to see it come down to a ninth inning lead by the Dodgers and Kenley Jansen blows a save and San Diego walks it off. Um, it, it would be one of those things to where I don't put it out of the question, but um Ultimately, I'm going to go with the San Diego Padres in five. Man, um, well, you pretty much there. Uh, so this was the one I thought maybe we would disagree on, and sure as shit, you have the same <laughs> pick as me. Um, I do think the San Diego Padres are going to beat the Dodgers in five games. Um, you mentioned it. San Diego right now is America's team, or, or Slam Diego, sorry. Slam Diego is America's team right now. They have America's next superstar with Fernando Tatis. Um, this team is just straight up fun to watch. You mentioned Tatis, Will Myers, Manny, whoever. A different night, it's going to be a different guy that balls out. And we're almost expecting something from the Dodgers, right? Because here's this team, the, you know, the mighty Dodgers. They've won, what, seven straight division titles. Um, and they've been to the NLCS. They've been to the World Series. They just can't get it done. And why is that? Uh, I don't know. Apparently, people in L.A. don't know either. The Dodgers will find a way to choke. We have seen it year after year after year in the season. It doesn't matter how loaded their roster is. It doesn't matter if the league MVP is on their roster. It doesn't matter if the league Cy Young winner is on their roster. They will find a way to lose because that's what they do. 
And here comes little old San Diego that I thought would be good this year. The rest of you guys were a little hesitant on them. I was all in on San Diego. I had all my chips pushed in. I said the Padres are going to be good this year. I didn't think they'd be this good, but I do think they are going to knock the Dodgers out. They're going to go to the NLCS against the Atlanta Braves, and you want to talk about a fun box office series? Get your popcorn. Um a lot of people talk about experience in the playoffs, and that could serve the Dodgers well, but I don't necessarily buy that. Um, the Padres don't have a lot of guys that have postseason experience, but all, it, sometimes it's almost you don't know what you don't know, and sometimes not knowing is better. Uh, you mentioned how Clayton Kershaw does not have a good track record in the postseason, um, you've got a Dodgers team that doesn't have a good track record in winning the big games. Here come the Padres. They don't know any better. They just know ball. They just play ball and they win. And I think they're going to win against the Dodgers. And uh, I do think it's going to be five. I think it's going to be a very fun series. But I do think the Padres will upset the Dodgers. And then what do you do if you are the general manager of the Dodgers? You have a great team. You've got a good coaching staff, the pitching, the hitting. You're a well-rounded team. You've got a great closer in Kenley Jansen. What do you need to do to take that next step? I don't know. I know there's a team out in Cleveland that wants to get rid of their best player. Maybe the Dodgers should pick up the phone. But I, I just I don't know. How do you take that next step when you're that close? It's honestly like the Tampa Bay Lightning. You're that close. How do you take that next step? And maybe sometimes you just need things to fall into place, but maybe that'll be next year for the Dodgers. Cause I think the Padres beat them. I think whenever you look at, and when you compare them to somebody like the Tampa Bay lightning, obviously a lot of people who are watching this video may not know um, a lot about hockey, but you know, us being lightning fans, you know, whenever you looked at the lightning, you knew that they needed four check, you know, that they needed to get bigger and, you know, they needed to bully people more because they were fast. They were quick. They had the shooting ability. They had the scoring ability. They could do everything you needed to do, but they didn't have anybody on any line that could go bully the best team or the best line of a, an opposing team. When you look at the Dodgers, I mean, what do you do? Like, I mean, they have been they're they're another team that when you look at their offensive lineup there's not much of a weak spot i mean uh right field was a little bit questionable they had a big star coming up in alex verdugo and then they just said bump it and just jumped all of those all the steps in in developing a player and went with mookie betts so um cody bellinger is a very very good bat uh obviously i mean that's just you know, that's common knowledge at this point. Uh, Corey Seager's done very well this season. Max Muncy's a solid bat. Justin Turner's a contact machine. Uh, Jock Peterson has home run power at any swing. Uh, Will Smith is a good up-and-coming catcher. I mean, this offense is loaded. Then you got Walker Bueller, Clayton Kershaw, Dustin May, who's done very well this season. Uh, there doesn't seem to be a weak spot. And then one of the better closers in the league in Kenley Jansen. And so – when you look at the Dodgers, you want to talk about a dynasty that never happened. Uh, yeah. This this team has been, as you mentioned, what, seven straight, maybe even more division championship titles, arguably win one of the best top two teams in the National League every single year in that span. 
and they never win. I mean, they it's almost to the point where I don't even think about it. Like, I don't, I'm not even, I haven't considered the Dodgers. I mean, sure, I've considered them against Milwaukee because Milwaukee is who they are. But whenever I put them up against a real team, like, I don't, I don't fear the Dodgers. Like, even if we beat the Padres, being the St. Louis Cardinals, I would have taken the Cardinals over the Dodgers. Like, and just because of our track record against Clayton Kershaw, we smack him around every time he steps on the rubber. But uh, I, the Dodgers are literally that the team that could, and they're just not. They haven't done. Uh, they they are very much the boy who cried wolf, and uh, they they just never show up. I mean, they are just the best team to never win it. And uh, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, the Dodgers need to do something, as you mentioned, but how much star power can you bring in and then not win something? And somebody doesn't expect something's wrong. I mean, is it at a point? Is it, is it the leadership? Is it the, the owner? Is it the, you know, who is it? What is the problem in LA? Well, I think Lindor, Francisco Lindor was who I was talking about earlier from the Indians um he's got one year left on his contract i believe yes um so i think if you're the dodgers um i think you move Corey seager to third base because justin turner is a free agent you move Corey seager over to third you trade for francisco lindor and you absolutely push all of your chips into next year because lindor will be under contract um i know i think i don't think they're losing really anybody uh, I think Jock Peterson might be a free agent um, and Justin Turner obviously is because I need to see him in Atlanta next year. But um, I, I think that's what you do. I think you go all in next year. And then if you have Lindor and you have Mookie and you have Bellinger and you've got Walker Bueller and you've got Clayton Kershaw and you still don't win the world series next year, then I think it might be time to absolutely just clean house and blow it up. Um, that's just my opinion. Maybe don't re-sign Lindor, you know, or you're going to have to make some kind of moves. I don't know what, uh, but I, I think they could be the team that trades for Lindor um, and go all in on next year. And if you don't win it next year, then we're going to have to talk. So after this season, the Dodgers are losing Justin Turner, uh, Jock Peterson, Kike Hernandez out of their lineup. And then whenever it comes to their pitching staff, they're going to be losing uh, Blake Trinan, uh Alex Wood, Pedro Baez, and then uh was it Jake McGee? So uh, the pitching staff's definitely not going to be harmed. Uh definitely not anybody of too much importance. Uh Jock Peterson has the ability to go be a solid outfielder somewhere else if he wants to go do that. Um and then Kike Hernandez is a good utility bat, but nothing too too special. Uh you know, a good solid bench bat for the Dodgers, but nothing that's going to make their everyday lineup. Uh, Justin Turner is definitely the big piece out of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, if they go for Lindor, I mean, they have to, they have to, I mean, I mean, what else can you do? And then if you get Lindor and you don't win, what do you do? Because bet money, they're going to bet, bet money. They're going to go sign a pitcher. I mean, you know, they're going to go sign another pitcher. It's what the Dodgers do. Don't be shocked to see them throw some stupid money at somebody like, I don't know, Trevor Bauer. You know, and then they bring in Trevor Bauer and not to mention they're missing David Price. David Price opted out this season. So if they still have him, I mean, you, you add another arm to that that rotation. And then, uh, I mean, do they even need to go get somebody else? Because they have a solid four in that in Price, May, Kershaw and Bueller. Um, you know, do you really need a stud starting five? Like, 
Um, you know what? And then if they don't win, as mentioned, the Dodgers have to do something to go get. Could you imagine the prospect overhaul that they could bring in for some of their players? I mean, they they could just blow up and be another dynasty again in 2030 and still suck because they're never going to win it. Um, but until then, I mean, I guess we'll, and until the Dodgers win it all, I don't believe in this organization. I, I feel like there's something, there's gotta be something wrong internally because on paper, they're arguably the best team in major league baseball. Um, and they have the ability to be, you know, on, on the field They're they, they don't have that many weak points, but I don't know. Something tells me in San Diego, just because America's team, just because they don't quit. And as you mentioned, kind of like ignorance is bliss. You know, uh, you know, they have the ability to just kind of turn off the turn off all the thoughts and be like, dude, we just got to go play baseball, you know? And I mean, they play baseball very well. Um, They have the ability to, as mentioned, they have home run power everywhere. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, they're going to be in Arlington and Hey, they became America's team in Arlington when Tatis hit that grand salami opposite field. So uh, a good place for San Diego where it all really got started, to be honest. So um, it'll be great to watch. I, I think the, I think the off season or not the off season, but the, the trade line acquisitions for the San Diego Padres have put them above and beyond what anybody thought they were going to be this season. Uh, Clevenger, Nola. I mean, the, the list goes on Moreland, uh, you know, the very great, job by AJ Preller and the whole entire team over there in San Diego but man it's going to be an interesting series the fact that we talked for that long on that series it just lets you know exactly what all could become of the Padres Dodgers series but um, that'll wrap it up for those four series uh, and the the divisional series I don't know why I keep want to say championship but um, yeah so any closing thoughts going into the divisional series I will say um, when everything gets back to normal, uh, we play 162 games again. I don't think we need eight playoff teams in each league. I think that's too many. I think we've got teams that are under 500 and don't deserve to make it. But what I do like is a three-game wildcard series. I think that absolutely needs to stay. Um, Baseball is a game of series. You play 162 games, it should not come down to a one-game playoff. You need a three-game series in the wild-card round. I hope that's here to stay because I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, I want to see that going forward. I think it's great, too. I think it's awesome for the game because anything can happen in one game. You know, I mean, hell, the the Cardinals beat the Padres and the White Sox beat the the Athletics, but ultimately it showed that they're not the better teams. I mean, in a three-game set, it showed that – you know, they, they are who they are. I mean, granted, would I love to see the White Sox into the playoffs as opposed to the Oakland Athletics? Absolutely. I think they're a more entertaining team. But frankly, as much as I am a Cardinals fan, I don't think America wants to see the St. Louis Cardinals in as much as they want to see San Diego in. So um, am, am I happy? No. But am I disappointed with the three-game series? Absolutely not. I think it, I think it really showed who is better than who. Uh, which only proves that the Miami Marlins are better than the Chicago Cubs. You can write that down. Um, (laughs) Hot take, but um, yeah, I mean, obviously the better team won. That's why they moved on. So, Uh, but yeah, so that'll wrap it up for the divisional series preview for the 2020 MLB playoffs. We've got a great couple of matchups here, some really hot storylines that are going to be coming back into fruition here. And especially in playoff baseball, a five game series, no days off for any team, five days straight, you're going to be playing which is very unlike the MLB playoffs, but it's going to be an interesting one. People are going to be tired. People are going to be really stretched out to their limits, but we're going to see exactly who can be resilient and come out on top. 
uh, here in just about a week. So uh, until then, uh, that's RJ Strope and I've been Will Polson. And thank you for listening to yet another episode of GMs for Hire, uh, whatever that is. So yeah, congratulations to all teams that advanced and we'll see exactly who can move on into the championship series whenever we come back with our next video. So until then, we'll catch you in the next one. Peace out.